Welcome to Amplify. We're the show that will help you take your message, whatever it may be, and get it out through social media, networking, and other marketing channels. Maybe even some that you've never thought of. Whether you're an organization, small or large business, or you just have the next positive message that's sure to go viral, you'll want to stay tuned this hour. Now, here's your host, Ken Rashawn. Welcome, welcome. It is a beautiful day here in D.C. How's the weather out there, Jeremy? Ah, we're getting some sunny skies finally. So, yeah, it's beautiful. Awesome, awesome. Well, I wanted to uh, say I'm ready to do this show because I have the Warrior Ethos Life shirt on, and you were wearing it yesterday. I did. Wore it to the gym yesterday. And uh, you work out every day? Um, I wouldn't say, I mean, depending on how you define workout, but I definitely move every day, whether it's something simple or, or if it's, you know, weights, but yeah, I like to stay active. Cool. Well, let me read your uh, bio real quick. Uh, Jeremy Herriter is a two sports professional athlete, high performance coach, motivational speaker, among many other titles. He's also a pioneer and founder of Optimal Self Incorporated and spends every day following a very successful standards he promotes through the program. Jeremy has helped thousands of people become the best versions of themselves through optimal self. And he's done so with the belief that every high performing individual follows those same basic success standards to support their success. So welcome. Welcome, Jeremy. Thanks, Ken. Looking forward to it, man. Well, uh, I loved uh, your presentation at the Next Gen Summit. So big shout out to Travis Brady and Minky Brady. Yeah, Travis and Minky. Yeah. Awesome people, man. That was, a, that was a phenomenal event. Phenomenal. It was. Uh, I have to also give a shout out to my brother, J.R. Spear, who yeah. uh, was uh, not only a speaker there, but he was the one who allowed me to benefit, enjoy, and really have a transformational experience. I go to a lot of masterminds, but I have to say that was, that was a top experience. Yeah, I agree. I agree. It was, it was, uh, I mean, you know what it is, is just the people in the room, the people that, you know, it's not just the speakers were all amazing. Like everybody, like there wasn't ever a time where I was like sitting there going, what's this part? Like every one of them blew my, blew my doors off. And at the same time, you know, what's cool about that event. If, is is getting able to to really interact with each other like like it's deep interaction i mean jr was phenomenal i mean i get to stand in the kitchen and you know we were both getting getting some coffee and we ended up missing part of one of the speakers because him and i were chatting business and again i'm sure your audience knows him but if you don't follow along man that guy is that guy isn't is is a savage business owner man really good dude Seriously, Jeremy, I got to tell you, um, there was a time that he was on my show so often, they thought it was his show, not mine. <laughs> would, hey, listen, it makes sense, Ken. Like, he's, he's that good. Like, honestly, like, you, he's, he's that good. Well, we have him uh, slotted for possibly doing three or four more books this year. I mean, he's just got such great content. And his content that he came out with for coaches – is, is just done so well, but he has it for entrepreneurs. He has it for just really any type of leader. And yeah. so I was so excited when he called me and said, Hey, would you like to go to this event? I looked it up and I was like, this looks like it's going to be off the chain. And, you know, <laughs> a good indicator of how great a mastermind is, is how many, how many me's do you have the following week with the people you couldn't get enough of? Totally. <laughs> That's very, it's a very good point. So um, this show, I was so excited to talk to you. I didn't even say who sponsors the show. So we have Perfect Publishing behind us. And I, yep. you have a book? 
I do not. So you're gonna. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, you're going to be, uh, have you been in a book before? Um, that's a good question. I don't know. So you're going to be in two books and, and then I want you to do a third book. Okay. So I got this amazing news and this is hot off the press. I mean, this is literally happening in the next week or so. Remember I told you, uh, before our call that I had something called dose of hope. Yep. This is going out to 20 million people. It's 500 authors. We're at 300 right now, but guess who our 300th author, give or take a couple, you know, who it, guess who it is? Rudy, no Rudy Rudiger. Oh, nice. In the movie, Rudy, <laughs> so you'll be in good company. I, I wanted to read a couple people that are going to be in the sixth edition real quick. All right. Yeah, for sure. So, Austin, Will, David Goins, you know him. Mm -hmm. Have you ever heard of this guy, Jeremy? He's a he, <laughs> He's going to be. Um, and then Sam's right. going to be. Austin, obviously, will be. Um, Jay Scott Reeb will be. And there was one more, Devin Scott and JR Scott. Yeah. So um, <clears throat> the idea is, I'm sure you're aware of this, but with your program, you're helping people get hope. When you really cut, come down to it, you're giving them the opportunity to test how powerful they are. Sure. And, and when you do that, you're giving them a belief system. And that belief system, which we'll get to later, but my favorite part of your belief system is, am I worthy? <laughs> That's right. We'll, we'll, we'll get to that because if you don't think you're worthy, you don't give yourself hope. You don't. There's a lot and, of things you don't do. And there's a lot of things that you don't do and you, you don't. That's it's why you sabotage the plan. It's why you, you know, you think you need a better system. It's like we, why we chase shiny objects, right? right. Is has nothing to do, right? You know this, you, you heard me say this the other day, but you know, especially in business and even it with people, is it 99% of strategy problems are mental problems. It's, 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 it's our own, right? It's a mindset issue than it is a strategy issue. Well, I love your presentation so much. I almost want to move segment two into segment one, but we're not going to, we're not going to cheat. We want people to know who you are and how you created who you are. No, we're, no so, so what's so cool about this book is if you want to know how J.R. Spear became who he is, this book tells you where you just know he's this cool dude that knows a lot of stuff that can really help you get where you want to go. But this tells you why. Sure. So it tells you how. So anytime you create a who that you love, you put a lot of money, a lot of effort, a lot of resources into creating a who that you can give the world what your gifts are. And so that's what this book's about. So I'm really excited to have you a part of Rudy's next edition. I know that it's kind of thrown on you, but there's a second one that I wanted to throw you into. This is the Keep Smiling athletic edition yeah and i mean you'll be in the company with herschel walker i mean these are all just yeah, awesome. Awesome. these are awesome speakers every one of them are awesome speakers that i had the wow. privilege to meet at an event they're tip most of them are speakers some are authors um they're all champions though i mean from from boxers this guy right here that's one of the cool running guy from jamaica mm, yeah so I'll make sure when we add this to you i'll send you a copy of the book yeah i appreciate it that's awesome i love what oh. you're doing man it's cool Thank you, brother. Thank you. So uh, our audience sees this amazing guy with all this confidence, all this, uh, I guess, warrior. I'll call it warrior in you. Yeah. Um, I did. It wasn't always like that. And you shared very vulnerably and share as vulnerably as you'd like on the show. Where were you born and what was your childhood like? <laughs> well, uh, that's a great segue. Let me say let me say it this way for the audience, because this is really important, is that even as you're showing those pictures of those, those people, whether it's the cool runnings guy, whether it's Rudy, whether it's, you know, Herschel Walker, like all these like you become famous, right. With, with their skill of 
you know, or, or the, and the, the work that they put in to get where they were. Right. And we do this all the time with, with people in general, we do this. I mean, we heroify people on all levels. Right. And, and, and I'm not saying some don't deserve it, but in our lives, what we, what we tend to do and and is that we look at these people as if they may have a characteristic, a trait, uh, a spoon that, that you didn't have. And my message always is when you see the guys before you, me, that's not the case. You can look at the accolades that you read, right? Was division, you know, <laughs> all Pac-10 infielder. Played for the Reds and the Diamondbacks, went to the CrossFit Games, won an event at the CrossFit Games, number one in the world, all the way down the line of, you know, our last office went to 750 million in volume, right? Like we, I mean, 786 to be exact, but from, from failing to, you know, in, in a very short period of time. And as if I have something that the people listening don't have, and it's just, it's just simply not true. And, and I don't want them to have that out. And I say it that way for that reason, is that the moment you hearify somebody else, the moment you say, oh, he has it easier, or he's smarter, or she's smart, whatever, or is you downplay yourself, right? You immediately get, and you give your, this is the key. We give ourselves an out from being our best. Mm -hmm. No, am I ever going to play football like Herschel Walker? Absolutely not. But can I build the same mentality and skill set in another arena to do just the same, to inspire people, to lead people, to, to make a better life for me and my family? That I can do. It doesn't matter what it is. I don't care if you're going to be the chef. I don't, care if, I don't care if you work at a store at whatever. If you, what I call it is a champion spirit. And when we get to, and and you build a champion spirit. A champion spirit is very simple. And by the way, I stole this from Jerry Rice. So if you ever get a chance to meet Jerry, do it. But Jerry is is if I choose to do something, doesn't matter what it is. If I choose to do it, I am going to do it the best that I possibly can. That little shift in your in your mentality as a human in in whatever you do, and it, it starts at home. Let me let me say it this way: is that. If I'm going to, if I had breakfast this morning, there's some dishes that are going to have to be, you know, rinsed off and either put in a dishwasher, clean, put away, whatever, you, you, whatever your situation is. If I walk into that kitchen to do it, I'm going to do it with the champion spirit. I'm going to do it the best that I possibly can. I'm going to make my bed the best I possibly can. Does that mean I'm going to be a multimillionaire and, and I'm going to have the greatest business ever? No, but it's going to prove to me that. I can do things very, very well. And so I'll go. I wanted to say that to preface everything for everyone listening. I, I love it. I, I got to cut in a, a bit because you gave us some great points. So first of all, there's no, you know how that, that expression Tom Hanks said, there's no crying in baseball. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's no stealing or an amplified. As long as you drop the name of the person you're <laughs> and honoring. So Gary Rice. So if you'd said that and you said uh, someone, uh, a good friend of mine said that, I'd say, who was it? Because we want to give credit on the show to people, yeah. right? The, the sec what was the second thing, Jeremy? What was the second thing? Oh, geez. I lost the it. Champion yeah. spirit? Like, what, do we, what do you mean? Yes. yes the, the guy, the general who spoke about make your bed. That, the, you ever see that YouTube? 
I've seen the YouTube. I don't, I don't, it is a general from somewhere, but yeah. I, I don't, I don't what, remember. What a message though, that message of start off by making your bed, start off with that accomplishment, but do it with a standard. Oh, and the third one. So I do remember, thank you, brother. Um, was Steve Jobs. Yeah. Steve Jobs is adopted by his dad, who was an engineer and he was not a perfectionist. He was a person of pride. Yeah. He told Steve, whenever you do paint the fence, paint the back of the fence just with the same care that you do the front of the fence. And That's so right. taught Steve that every piece of the computer, every piece of his design engineering had to be clean and tight. Right. It's a very good point. And, and I, I, I think, because I get this all the time, I've been on, you know, show, I've been doing this a long time now. This is not your first show. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it, it's, this is a great show, by the way. Let's, let, I, I love the live audience. Like I, I, when you said we were going live, I was like, heck yeah. Like that's so much more fun to me than cut and this and that. Like, no, so anyway, but let me say it this way is that people miss, they, they, they're misguided when they hear the thing about make your bed. It's like, oh, that's going to make me a, a great business person. Like, no, it has nothing to do with that. It has everything to do with the fact that take pride in who you are. Right. right. Who am I? I I'll say this before and, and you get back to your main question. Good. I think it's really helpful for the audience. I had a kid when we were running on uh, my second real estate office that I ever owned and operated. I had this young 24 year old, four year old kid come in with his license. Uh, he worked for FedEx, had a new wife that she was pregnant. Like, you know, he's like, I got to get going. I got to get going. I get it going. Here's the cool thing about it. he comes to me about about four or five months into his into this and he's like, hey, I got I to gotta go back full-time because they let him go part-time, okay? And he's like, I got to go back full-time. You know, I, I'm sorry, you know, if you want to just kick me out of the brokerage or give me my license back or whatever. And I was like, wait a second, you're providing, right? Like, you're being, you're being a great man right there. Do you want to do real estate? And he said, yes. And I said, I'll, okay, I'll make a deal with you. I only need you a couple hours a day to, to focus on a couple things but you got to promise me this. The only way we're going to do this is this and this alone. Whatever that job asks you to do, you do it the best that you possibly can. I mean, I want you to run that route, be the best they've ever seen. I want your truck to be cleaner than it's ever been. Don't leave a thing behind. Those packages, you make sure that every single, do it the, I want you to have this, the most incredible intent of being the best that you can possibly be in every single moment of the day. Treat, and then at the same time, if you're encountering a person, make sure they remember you because you were so kind and so wonderful to them. And he's like, he looked at me like I was crazy, Ken. Like he was like, <laughs> what? And I said, listen, if you do that, it will spill over into your real estate career. Exactly. Because how you, you hear this all the time, how you do anything is how you do everything, right? There's a great samurai, uh, Miyamoto Musashi. You can't really see it. It's up in the corner that right there. But it says, if you know the way broadly, you will see it in everything. And that statement means to me, like, excellence in anything increases your potential in everything. Agreed. You know, I was just about to uh, say that you hear that all the time, that how you do one thing is how you do everything. And that is the message of that admiral. And I did, you know how I said it, we don't steal anything. So I'm going to go ahead and do a quick screen share here. And 
there's greater and that guy that's talking about <laughs> yeah that standard and then the other one is the admiral right here and it is yep. this is admiral let's see william mccraven so <laughs> that speech is so worth, good that, that speech is worth it isn't it it's so good yeah, yeah it's so good but again don't be confused because the thing that I, I, I like to take, you know, I like to take that same statement, the how you do anything is how you do everything and switch it and saying that excellence in anything increases your potential in everything. It doesn't mean you're going to do everything great. That's where people get confused. They, they think, oh, if I just do this really well, I'm going to do everything. No, 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 no. That's not how it works. It, it works because if you go and you and, and you strive to be great, in the smallest things around your life that your potential in everything, because now your attention to detail, now how I think, now the pride in who I am and how I show up ends up expanding my life and everything gets better. Your well, business well, gets better. Your relationships get better. All, all of it. Exactly. And, and, and that's why uh, someone that might be a janitor at a building that has such meticulous uh, care for the building and the corporation, they can get a job offer to run the whole damn building. A million percent. Right? It happens and, all the time. Yeah. It happens they, more than it happens more than you would imagine. And if you think about champions, to your point, um, they decided to have that standard and they do use that standard in everything they tuck. Uh, they do. So that's a reverse engineering. So if they do their boxing at the highest level, they do what you just talked about, run their house that way, run their clothes that way. I mean, it's, it's, it goes across the board. So you're right. It's the potential. But the point is, if you can reverse engineer it and, and also take it forward, then it obviously works. It's, it's what works. Because, but again, it's a mentality. You're building, it, again, let's be clear. You're, you're building it from within. This is the internal to the external. You see, everybody wants the external. They want a result. They want to be whatever. They want a million dollars. They want, that's the, all the external. But the only way to get there is through the internal, which is me having pride in everything that I do so that my potential rises. I have the potential to get to that level. You know, I'd like to add one variable. Uh, you're spot on with the philosophy and you're, and you're spot on with what we're assuming the listeners are have in their mind. But this, mm -hmm. this variable is called time. Sure. So you spend the time with that pride and then you create excellence, which is. That's right. That you're 100% right. right. <laughs> I caught <laughs> with, with my with my with uh, with our community, with with and with my, uh, my clients. I talk about all the time. I say that success is a math problem. Everybody wants success, but I say it's a math problem. It's consistency to the action because each business is a little bit different, but it's consistency to the action that, that's going to move the needle over time. Right. The variable is time because I don't know what yours is. And, I don't uh, know if it's a week. I don't know if it's a month. I don't know if it's a year. I don't know if it's 10 years. The next, the next thing to you is how long are you willing to do it? Because you we're programmed now today with social media and the scroll and all those things that it, it, everything has to be, you know, Amazon right now, you and I could order the same thing. We could both have it at our house probably by end of day today, <laughs> right? Like, so our, our internal clocks of, of time are really jacked up. But well, the truth about your life and what you want is it, it's going to take time. It's going to take consistency to that action over time. And then success is inevitable. It's a math problem. 
Yeah. And I'll just put two things that kind of anchor your point. Um, consistency, another synonym for consistency is integrity. Because mm-hmm. when something is consistent, when it always happens the same way, you're creating integrity yeah. in your life. And the second one is the time. Malcolm Gladwell's my second favorite book is Fires. Mm-hmm. And if you are, if you look at anything you want to do in life, and you you got it here, sits on my desk, bro. <laughs> it literally sits on yeah. my desk. Yeah. So I, it's I like always, a Bible. <laughs> it is. Well, if you have tipping point in one hand, and you have outliers in the other, and you're putting it in your brain with Audible, I mean, you really don't have anything stopping you. It, no. Because outliers creates a tipping point, and tipping point is caused by an outlier mentality. It's so cool. That's true. I mean, I'll tell you what, we just did segment two, bro. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we didn't even get to segment one because I didn't even answer right. your question. So, so, so. No, we're, yeah. so you set up such a great framework, and obviously it's a little longer. So we're going to slide in, in segment two with the continuation. We'll do a little hook at the, uh, at the halfway point. But um, what you shared, I got to tell you, um, in the chest, man, uh, when you talked about your relationship with your dad and, and uh, what you had to go through to become someone you could take serious in baseball, I really I love that presentation. It was so amazing. Can you give the audience a taste of what you shared uh, at the Mastermind, please? Yeah. So, I mean, again, I open with the fact that I don't want you to look at me like I have some kind of magic that you don't have, right? It, or a characteristic even that you don't have. That's not true. I was a very small kid. I grew up with an alcoholic, drug addict father, almost burned the house down, cooking meth in the garage. True mm. story, right? Abusive to my mom and and uh, and and us. I had a, I have a little brother as well. And at that time, and he would come home <laughs> again, drunk, just to change his clothes and go out again. You know what I mean? Like most of the most of the nights, and you know he would. It, depending on how my mom responded, if she was like, no, you don't, shouldn't go out or just let him go. Right. And he would be abusive and I would try to go in and, you know, and protect her. Right. I mean, and it, it's who I am today even, right. Is, is, is built out of that. And he would always come in and be like, if you didn't come in there, that wouldn't happen to you. Like it was, like, it was my fault that, that, that you know, what was happening. So that's how you grow. That's that, that, those are the, those are the early years of my life. And luckily my mom was strong enough that, you know, one of the nights that he took off, she packed us up and, and got us to a payphone and called her mom. And my Nana came and picked us up and we never went back and, mm-hmm. and, and thank God for that. Right. Thank God for, for family and, and, and everything. But I also, and I'm also, and, and I say this honestly, like I'm grateful for that situation. I really am because it taught me so much and 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 helped me build who I wanted to be. You never know what's going to happen, right? Is is who I wanted to be as a man, who I wanted to be as a father, who I wanted to be as a brother. Like that changed everything for me. And that's a again, there are people listening probably right now and I always say this and I said this there like there's probably there's people sitting in that crowd that that have it way worse than that. So it's not about worse or more. It's about how you take that and perceive it. And you can, you, I mean, it can, you can either follow it because let's be true. His, he was exactly like his father. His father was exactly the same alcohol, not drugs, but still. And with that being said, right. You either, you either keep it going. You either keep that lineage going or you're the difference maker. You're the one who's going to change it all. And my choice was the other way. But 
that was just, you know, again, I was a small kid. My, my, my dream, Ken, was to be a baseball player. Like my mom will tell you from the time I came out, I was throwing balls through windows, you know, <laughs> and, and swinging things. So that was my dream. That was my goal. Like, and it was undeterred. Like I, it what, didn't what, caused it? what caused that dream to happen? What do you mean by cause? Well, uh, so something happened in your life that you saw oh, a baseball yeah. player. <laughs> I got to be this man. Well, there was, I think, I think with anybody, I think there's always, I think everybody for the most part at some point has some kind of feeling and it either gets pushed away or people, you know, you get fed different things, especially in today's age. Mine was just, I wanted to play. I loved being outfield. And, and, and as I look back and as I did work later on as a man on myself, to learn who I was because I went through a little bit of identity crisis and I wanted to be, you know, I wanted to be there for my girls. I had two, two little girls, I have two daughters. And, but to, to, to kind of go into what you were saying is like, for me, it was just all before I knew all that, when I look back on it now, it's like, yeah, it was, it was an escape for me getting out to the baseball field. It was safety. Mm. That was a safe place for me. Right. And I wasn't the best kid, but Man, I just wanted to get out there and play. My mom, my mom will tell you, she couldn't even stop the car, and I was jumping out to get to practice. I was coming home and put my baseball uniform on after. She's like, uh, "We got like two and a half hours before you got to go, right?" She's like, "You might want to slow down here, kid." And I was like, "No, let's go." I was in the backyard throwing balls. But the turning point for me in was by thirteen when I was thirteen, and. I, again, I'm going to say this. I wasn't the all-star. I wasn't the kid that, that got all that. And that year, we, my team, for the first time ever, we won the championship. Our team was the best team. My best friend's dad was the coach. And he was like a dad to me because I didn't, I didn't have that, right? So he would pick me up for practice. He would make sure, you know what I mean? The days that my mom couldn't when my mom was working two jobs to, to just so I could have a new pair of cleats, right? Just so we could have a roof over our head. And was he kind of like a father figure to you in a way? Yeah, for sure. Cause I got to, I mean, I spent the night at their house thousands of times as a kid, right? Like I, they took me on vacation with them. Right. Like, uh, so he was like a father to me. What's that? You want to say their names? No. Cause I want to keep the innocent. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's, it's only fair that, that, uh, um, well, and he's not, he's, he's not with us today. He, he passed away back in 90, 99 yeah 90, 98 or 99 um so anyways still keep, um, still keep in touch with your friend yo still one of my best friends to this to this day all right well day. you can say his name or not but we're gonna go to break in about 30 seconds so i'm gonna let you have the hook yeah so the audience is gonna be like this story is so good <laughs> well it's a turning point and it's probably i will say it this way to 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 the people listening is this is the we all have this moment and i'm sure that you've had it too where somebody you know where somebody was honest with you, but it felt like it was the worst thing that ever happened to you in your life. Well, we're going to be cutting back. I want you to think about what you deem that, what you call that, that phase in optimal self. And I'm going to come back and we're going to talk about that. And then we're going to talk about finishing the story. Okay. Yep. So this is Ken Rashawn on Voice America. Big love to Jeff Spinard in the sky for his vision of Voice America and all the people they let's have a voice on this platform. The Keep Smiling Movement to Perfect Publishing and we will be back to keep you amplified in about 30 seconds.
Follow Voice America at Facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts. The Umbrella Syndicate amplifies good causes, good people, and good messages. They offer a suite of services that help people and businesses gain better exposure. Through working with the Umbrella Syndicate, you gain the ability to reach an audience of 50,000 unique people a week. They have recently reached over 20,000 followers on Facebook. You can view their photography and how they use it as a strong promotional tool on their Facebook fan page, facebook.com slash The Umbrella Syndicate. Show them your support by liking their page. Voice America is on LinkedIn. Connect with us today. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device, including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. This is Amplify. To reach the show today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. We also would love to hear from you via email to info at TheUmbrellaSyndicate.com. Now, back to Amplify. Welcome again to the second segment with Jeremy Herder, and we have had a great first segment. It went by way too quick, Jeremy. I so know. You know we're already in trouble because this was supposed to be the first 10 minutes of the show, and we already rocked out of 30. So um, we, we had a hook, and the hook was everyone has something like that happen to them in their life. Now, I know the name that I've heard a lot of people call it, and I'm guessing Optimal Self has a name for this, 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 uh, this, I guess this opportunity or this enlightenment. Do you have a name for it? Well, what I call it is just, I call it that paradigm shifting moment when your paradigm <laughs> literally shifts and, and, and you have to have, you have to build or be ready the awareness because it can, it, it can shift you in one of two ways. We either go down or we use it as, as our catalyst that, that takes us to, to, to the rest of our life. So I'm going to, I'm going to share the layman's uh, version of that. Cause you gave the, the cerebral, um, <laughs> cerebral wording, which I a hundred percent agree. It is the paradigm shift, but yeah. and, and I've heard a lot of people call it the defining moment. Yeah. So, defining moment. It's that's the truth. It is. That's it. That's and it. I always, and I always tell people defining moment is when everything you were doing uh, bad in your life, um, you had a defining moment that said, this isn't happening anymore or Everything was good in your life, and you know it was good, and you made a really bad decision, and that was a dividing moment. So, <laughs> and, and here's the other part: is it happens multiple times for most yeah. for most people, right? Yeah. Again, for me, there's a this 13 year old year, but as as life goes on, 
things happen, right? And 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 so, yeah. yeah. I, want, I want to say something about that pride. You gave me like a, a little bit of a, something to think about, a little epiphany, as it were. Hmm. Is that the more pride you have, the more you protect your character, and the more you probably prevent yourself from making really bad decisions. So when you talk about that bed being made or doing all this things so nice and neat, you're actually saying I care. And when you care, you don't do things that are careless. That's pretty interesting. You caused me to think that. Mm, that's, that's a very good way to say it. And it's true because at the end of the day, I always say it. And again, with all of our clients and our community, I always say, and it's like, listen, if you're struggling, ask just, just the, the greatest questions that we can ask, right? Like in a, in anything, who's asking the questions controls the conversation controls what's happening. When you go to the doctor, right, they're asking you questions over and over and over until they can get to the point. In in our lives, the person that asks themselves the best questions, the greatest questions, the hardest questions, you're going to get better answers. And so one of the questions that we have is simple. Every morning, who, who needs you on your A-game today? Mm. Answer that question every morning. Look at your schedule. It might, because I'm going to tell you this, Ken, some days it's you, right? That you're like, yo, I need <laughs> me. I got a lot to go on. I, Jeremy needs Jeremy on his A game today, right? Or it could be coming on the show. Like, that's the question. Guess what I had this morning, right? I, I had a 7 a.m. Well, I'm in California, so I don't know what time it is where everybody else is. But you and I met at 8, 8 this morning. I had a 7 a.m. With, with my team, knowing that I had you at 8, right? Right. So I had to be up, ready, rocking and rolling. And so each one of you to this point need me on my A game. And then I'll give you one more question. Who needs you on your A game? And then how do you want to show up in the world? Mm -hmm. If somebody's going to interact with you, I don't care if it's the person checking you out at the grocery store. I don't care if it's, you know, somebody at work. It doesn't matter. How do you want them to feel? How do you want to show up? down, dirty, right? Slumped, you know, no energy. And then what are people going to say? Oh, what's wrong? I never, ever, ever want somebody to have to ask me what's wrong. Right. No, because when I, no, that's not going to happen. I'm going to, I'm getting myself ready so that I want to show up to the world because I want to always show up as the best me as my <laughs> optimal self, right? I was going to add to the, because you're talking about the morning question. And I'll tell you, uh, I love the name of your company because you can ask that question before you go to bed and you can ask it when you get up in the morning. Before you go to bed, how can I be my optimal self tomorrow? That's right. I, and then also just whatever problem you're taking to bed, how can I solve this problem powerfully? Those, those yeah. are just big questions because your mind goes to work on it and you come up with this beautiful answer because your mind did the engine work. I feel like I feel like you've already been with me because you're saying everything. We call it evening insight. You yeah. have your evening insight at night, looking at your schedule. What is it? And I and and one of our slogans is the power of tomorrow starts with the intention of tonight. Mm. You yeah. want a powerful tomorrow? Get real intentional the night before about what you have to do, about what's great, about what the wins were. Be real intentional, and you can start to script the next day. Jeremy, we have had the longest hook ever for five minutes. <laughs> so this, so since this is such a big buildup of the hook and what happened in Jeremy's life when this happened with his adopted father 
figure and his coach taking him to uh, practice every day. I'm going to say this defining moment has been brought to you by J.R. Spear. Yeah. <laughs> Here's the J.R. <laughs> All right. So continue with the story, please. Yeah. So we won the championship. I'm thinking this is the year I'm going to make all-stars. Here's why. And at that level, the coach who has the championship team is the all-star coach. The other coaches, they, they get to pick the team, right? They, they all come together. They pick the best guys. And the last two players are picked by the coach, by the coach of the team. He gets to pick, right? He's building his team. He gets to pick. I'm thinking, there's no way. If the rest of the league doesn't pick me, at least he's going to pick me because I'm on his team. I played every game. I'm like a son to him, right? Um, this is my year. And then we get to that thing. I was so excited to go to that closing ceremonies. I just knew this was my year. And they start naming off the kids and yeah, that kid's really good. And yeah, okay. And I'm like, yeah, that kid should be there. You know, you just start going down the list of kids. And then the announcer looks over and says, there's your 13 year old all-star team and mm. it's over. And my name wasn't called. And I'll be honest, it was crushing, crushed me because I had built it up so high. I had this expectation so built up. And again, what happens? That, that letdown, I'm crushed. And here's the kicker. We leave there. My, and my best friend, of course, he made it. And he, he, and all should have. He's, he, was, he was one of the best kids for sure. And I have to ride with them to the pizza place to go have, our, uh, to go have the, the closing ceremony. You know? <laughs> Yay, congratulations. You're the champions. And congratulations. You know, all our teams there. Not, you know, all the, and I'm riding with them because, again, my mom was working. And, and so we get there and I'm crushed. And here he is with his all-star hat sitting next to me in the back seat, you know, and I'm just trying to keep it together because I'm so crushed. And we get there and we're all playing and I was having fun with the kids, with the with my friends and, and I see him over on the side. And so I ran over to him when I saw him by himself, I tugged on his shirt. He was a big man, six foot four. And he looks down, looks okay. down at me. And I was a small kid most, you know, and he looks down at me and he's like, yes, son. He had, and again, deep, very soft, but deep voice, big man. He looks at me and I said, how come, how come I didn't make all-stars? How, how come you didn't pick me? And you know, I, I can tell you, even now when I tell the story, I can smell the smells. I can tell you exactly what he was wearing, what I was wearing. I can tell you the sounds. I'm 52 years old today. I was 13 years old then. And I can still do it to this moment. And to this moment, and he looked me dead in the eye. I said, because you weren't good enough. Hmm. Now, again, a 13-year-old boy, that's not what you wanted to hear. <laughs> and uh, again, I was crushed. Looked at him, tried not to cry in front of him, and waited and kind of got away from him. And I ran into that bathroom and shut the stall and was just devastated, crying right? Trying not to let anybody hear me, right? Trying to stay away so no one's going to ask me what's wrong. And I ran out, finally looked around, asked the lady for the, if she, the lady at the front, if I could use the phone. And she dialed the number for me, handed me the phone over. It's a long time ago. Again, cord on the phone. <laughs> you heard it, right? She had to hold it all. No cordlesses. I didn't have a cell phone. There were no cell phones. There was no way to get out of this. People had to know. I had to ask for help, right? She hands it to me. She dials the phone number. 
And I'm just praying my mom's off work. I'm just praying she had got home and she answers. And I said, mom, you got to come get me. Please come get me. And she's like, what is going on? You're, it's, a, it's a sleepover. <laughs> like, you're not coming home. Like, I get the night off from being a mom, right? <laughs> like, she's excited. I'm like, please, 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 please. Finally, she, she obliged. She says, yes. And I hand that phone back. I don't even go back in there. I ran out and I sat on the curb just outside the door and waited for her. And when her car pulled up, I jumped in and jumped in that car. And I had stopped crying at the time. But the moment I saw my mom, the moment I got in that car, it just was, I mean, uncontrollably sobbing, right? You, everyone who's probably heard this at some point or another has probably had that happen to them. Like I could not, and I could not control it. It was done. Like everything was coming out. And she, of course, as a mom is like, what the F is going on? Like, she is like, what happened? Mm -hmm. And I'm asking her to just go, just go. She goes, she's like, I'm not moving this car until you tell me what's going on. And she did. And so I told her, and like any mom, like any parent listening right now, they're like, he said, what to you? <laughs> she rips into the parking spot, like not even straight, like, you know? And I'm like, oh my God, this is going to, no, please, 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 please. And I'm, I'm pleading with her. Please don't go inside. Mom, I am embarrassed. I just want to get out of here. Please don't do this. And, and she's like, she's, she's adamant. She's like, he's not going to talk to you that way. You know, no, no parent. Like she's going down the list of things for herself as a parent. And I'm just pleading, please, mom, please don't, please don't. And here's, here's the second most important part of, of, and, and the thing in my life that I use today that I have written in front of me right now every day. Okay. So she looked at me in her calm, in the calmest voice. She, she looked right at me. She said, you don't want me to go in there? And I said, no, mom, please. I'm begging you, please. Tears still coming down. She said, fine. Here's the moment changed everything. She said, then Jeremy, Michael, again, middle name, everybody who's been called by their middle name knows that that's a serious moment. She looked at me again. She said, what are you going to do about it? And even when I say that to you, Ken, right this second, when I said it at the, on stage there, the, the, the la I, every time I say that to myself, that uncontrollable feeling that I had in my, in my body, inside, that I couldn't stop crying, that I, <laughs> that I had all that. When she said, what are you going to do about it? It just went calm. I get it now. The same feeling through my soul, like in my, in, all the way down. I could take a deep breath. I was like, oh my gosh. Listen, my mom isn't some, like, <laughs> like she doesn't even remember this day. Like, she doesn't. She does not remember. She's like, I kind of remember, but I don't really remember. I mean, come on. By then we had, she had four other ones. She ended up with six kids. Like she had way more going on than just my bullshit. You know what I mean? <laughs> so my point though is this, is that what she gave me in that moment was the responsibility to be in charge of what I do about the situations. What can I, what am I going to do about it? Right. And I still, to this day, like I said, I show you, I have little post-it notes. I have it written everywhere because when things go bad, I just ask myself, okay, yeah. So what am I going to do about it? Right. The economy's bad. Real estate's this, you know, Bitcoin's down, like all the businesses that I have, like, okay. 
So what are you going to do about it? But here's the thing in that moment. So I, I went with her. I said, Oh my gosh. And, and boom, in my head, I'm like, can we go to big five? That's the sporting good in California in those days, right? The big one, the dicks and stuff like now, just imagine that in today's world, right? Imagine Amazon, but a store for, for athletics. That's why I've always picked. And so we, she's like, what? <laughs> Are you crazy? Like, let's just go get ice cream. You know what I mean? We'll get, we'll get some ice cream. We'll put some, we'll, you know, like a mom, right? And she's like, fine, let's go. And we went in and I point, I took her down the baseball aisle and it was a yellow sign. It was on sale, $19.99, regular 30, right? So that's another good thing for her. She's like, oh man, and it's on sale. She's like, this is what you want. She didn't even know what it was. My mom wasn't athletic, by the way. She, she, she's like, and she reaches up and she grabs it and she's like, what is this? I said, it's a tea, mom. It's a tea. And she's like, this is it. And I'm like, yeah. You know, she could see the look on my face. And any parent, I have two little girls, 20 bucks and my kid's going to stop crying and be happy and fine. I'm like, sold. Like <laughs> we went up, I got home. Can I rip that thing open, built that tea. And in that moment, in that day, I vowed, I said, listen, to myself, I said, I am going to go out and I'm going to hit 100 balls off of this thing. So much so that I went around the house and found balls everywhere I could. I, could, I got a ball and I ended up with a big uh, basket that had exactly 100 balls in it within a few weeks. And I would go and I would take one out and I would hit it. And I knew once that thing was gone, I'd hit my 100 balls mm. every day, every day. Just go out and take those swings. And what happened, the next year, nothing changed, really. A little bit better, not much. Barely made the team. The next year, I barely made the high school team. Got more water than I got playing time, right? I mean, and I was a little, little kid. I mean that. I, was, I went into high school. I weighed 95 pounds. I wrestled at 98. By the time I was a sophomore, junior, by the time I was a senior year, five years later, from 13 to 18, I led the team in hitting. I made the All-Valley All-Star team. And I was the only kid, only kid to make that team on our team. And all those kids that made that team, half of them were still on my team and still my friends. Hmm. You see, like we talked about before, the time was the, was the determining factor there. If I just did it once and expected that I was going to make every all-star team for the rest of my life, right? But I didn't. And, and again, that wasn't my mentality. It wasn't to go make the all-star team. I wasn't trying to spite anybody. I just didn't. I just wanted to be better. Mm -hmm. I wanted to play. I wanted, I wanted to compete. I wanted to be good enough. And he was right, Ken. Listen, and I want everyone to hear this. That moment in life when he looked at me and said that, and I got to have this story with him. Later, guess what? Two years after that, after, okay, so whatever year it was, 95, 90s, they bought a ticket. Him, four of those dudes that were on that team that were still my best friends, and two other kids that I later on grew up with that weren't part of our little league in those days, came to watch me play. Bought a ticket to come and watch a professional baseball game that I was playing in. Hmm. I got to go have dinner with him. And I told that story to him. It was a big, and he cried. He got, he's like, I said, what? And I said, and he was sad. He's like, I am so sorry. I said, no, thank you. Because you told me the truth. Mm -hmm. The truth is, I want everyone to listen to this, please. I had, I, what did I say to you? Did I ever say to you that I, that I thought I earned it? 
Did I ever say that I practiced more than anybody, that I worked harder than everybody? Never. Because he liked me. Because he was my dad. He, he was like a father figure to me. Because he took me on vacation. He loved me. He said, I love you to me. That that's the reason I should be an all-star. Come on, right? Like, that's not true. That's not how life works. And even, think about this. The 150 kids in that Little League in those days. 13 kids made that all-star team. Even if I was the 14th best player out of 150, that's pretty damn good. Right now, if you're like, 14th out of 150 in your organization, you're, you're moving up the ranks. That's not a terrible spot to be. If you're the 14th best player in Major League Baseball right now, dude, you, you make probably $30 million a year. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's pretty damn good. But guess what? They're 13 kids better. You weren't good enough for that team. But here's the kicker, right? So, so number one, I, I, I never said I earned it. Then I went out to earn it. Then I went out to go. And again, some of that is subjective. This is what I want people to understand. Sometimes those teams that we put ourselves on, the things that we want, are subjective. It's somebody else's opinion. The opinion needs to be of my own. Did I put in the work? Did I do the work? Because I didn't make it again and again and again. Even if I wouldn't have made that 18-year-old All-Star team, the All-Valley All-Star team, all the high schools, Right. Even if I didn't make that team, it's subjective. But I know this. You bet your ass that I slept well every night because I was putting in the work. And I felt really good about who I was and what I was doing. And my numbers spoke for themselves at that point. The accolades started to come because. And, and I want people to get this too. The, the, the other part of that is he never he didn't say I would never be good enough. I just wasn't good enough yet. That was the biggest moment when you said that. At the and I want people here now to understand that is if you're feeling that way, if you're feeling like, oh man, I'm up against it. Oh man, I'm down in the dumps. Oh, I want them to understand is embrace the fact that you're not good enough. That's a good thing. That means there's growth coming. That means you can get better. That means there's a skill or something that you can learn that's going to move you forward. That's the point is you're here. Well, guess what, Jeremy? Just not good enough yet. Guess what? I cannot accept that we do not get to talk about a coin that you gave my son. That <laughs> so we have about two minutes, and I'd sign up time to really do it justice. So I, <laughs> this coin is just so unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. I want to show my son has one, I have one, and I keep, yep. it, right, I keep it right near my desk. Yeah, well... You and me both, buddy. <laughs> I have can one in my do, pocket every day. Can you do a little more like a two, two minute, maybe two and a half minute version of this? Cause I want people to know about it. Please. I'll do my best. That belief. So I call it the belief coin and it was built out of what I just showed you. And it is, it is the reason this is that a lot of people talk about belief, but I talk about it differently. And what I mean by that is it, I believe, well, it is a coin. And, and belief has two sides. And the reason why I say it's a coin is because belief has two sides. Most people, most people think it's about the plan, the process, or the system. Then hitting those baseballs every day was a plan, right? That was a plan. 
I had a plan. If you're, if you're fitness, you have a plan, right? If you're going to go to the gym and I'm going to do this workout of nutrition, if you have a business, you have a plan. And when I ask most people, do you believe in the plan? Do you believe in this process? Will it work? A hundred percent of the time they go, oh yeah. Oh yeah, Jeremy. If I do follow that, it works. It works. And I say, great. And that's where most people stop, but I don't. The truth is, there's another side of belief. And that belief is, do you believe you are worthy, capable, and deserving of that plan, of those results? You see, because everybody believes in the plan. Everybody knows the right thing to do for the most part, right? They know the plan, the process, and the system. But... Are you worthy? Do you believe? There you go. Do you believe that you are worthy, deserving, and capable of it? Because that's the part of belief that will take you to where you want to go. That's beautiful. Um, how do people reach you so that they can hire you to speak, hire you as a coach, get one of these coins? <laughs> they can find me on all the socials, either, either Optimal Self or if you look at if you look up Jeremy Herder, nobody else has my name, so I'm the one. I was um, about Instagram. To Jeremy. Jeremy, I was just about to change it. Yeah, two of us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So any of the socials, if you hit me in the DMs, I I I respond. It's not. I do have somebody that runs my social media, but they know that if something comes in the DM, that I personally respond. I I take pride in that um, because I I promise so you this, Ken. I'm not going to my grave with any of this inside of me. I'm going to give it to every human I can touch. So 90 seconds, we're going to do the fastest rapid fire we've ever done. And you're the guy that can do it. Let's I ask the question fast. You give me the answer fast. I'm going to the next question. Here we go. Let's go. Book to change your life. Um, seven habits of highly effective people. Cool. You live by. Power of tomorrow. <laughs> the power of tomorrow starts with the intention of tonight. Who's your hero? My mother. Who's the person you want to meet you haven't met? Wow. God, I want to sit with. I want to sit with Ty Cobb. I want to sit with Babe Ruth. I want to sit with Mickey Mantle. Those are my, those are the guys. Fair enough. Um, what movie inspires you? What movie? Gosh. <laughs> Probably Rocky when I was a kid. Okay. Mine's Rudy. <laughs> <laughs> I like Rudy too, but I think, I think Rocky, cause my family's Italian. My, my grandparents, my, my Nana, who was my, one of my biggest inspirations came over from, her parents came over from, uh, you know, on a boat from Sicily. So when I, Rocky I was the Italian stallion, like that, 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 that hit me. Well, I had a Nana too. And, uh, you know, Rudy says, Rudy said that, uh, Rudy was the Rocky of the nineties. That's what he called. <laughs> That's good. That, fair enough. Fair what's enough. A, what's the song that gets you going? Uh, whatever it takes. Imagine dragons. Love that one. That is so good. That is so good. Mm -hmm. So Jeremy, you know, this show is about amplifying leaders that inspire hope and bring community together. And you certainly do that on a daily basis, a minute basis. So mm -hmm. I just want to say I'm honored to know you. I am so glad that we were able to amplify you and show the world that anything is possible, especially if you believe it. And yeah. You're worthy. So um, much love to you, brother. I, much I look love forward to you, to bro. Thank you so much. And you have a vision that will plant a seed for a men's group to really harness the warrior and also harness the belief system, the optimal self. And, I, and I'm digging it. So thank you for spending an hour with us. I'll make sure you get a copy of the show. It's going to iTunes tomorrow. And ladies and gentlemen, 
Jeremy Herder. You're Stay awesome, amplified. man. Appreciate you. Thank you. Cheers. We hope you've enjoyed this week's edition of Amplified. Be sure to join Ken Rashan again next Tuesday morning at 8 a.m. Pacific Time and 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Now, go get your message heard. 